Recurring Nightmares, episode 31. I am Jeff, joined as always by Chris. Hey. And uh, we got a pair of, I call them cosmic horror movies. I guess we'll get to the bottom of if, if they fit together. I feel like they do in a strange way, but we'll talk about that later when we talk about our, our main movies for this month, which are The Empty Man and Prince of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, you know, we got to do what we've been watching. And normally this is when I kick it to you and ask you what you've been watching this month. But there's a couple movies that I just want to touch on before we even do that, because I know we've both seen them yeah, and we both have thoughts. Uh, they're kind of the two big movies that came out this, this Halloween in a way. Right. Um, and of course I, I'm talking about the first one, the, probably the biggest horror movie of the year. Uh, Halloween ends the conclusion of David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy. Um, <laughs> and we're gonna do full spoilers uh, for Halloween ends because I, I feel like everyone has seen it at this point. Yeah, if you're worried about hearing a spoiler about it, uh, I guess skip ahead till we're done talking about it. But uh, yeah, I think we, we gotta air out our grievances and such here. Uh, uh, a movie that uh, there was a lot of talk about feels like it's been put through the discourse ringer, and um, I, I think for good for good reason. And um, yeah, it, it, it weirdly feels like it came out to me like six months ago, even though it's only been out for like two weeks. But uh, Halloween ends, Chris. Uh, what'd you think? That's a tough question. <laughs> it's a complicated movie. Like, at, at, so on surface level, like just as a movie, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever. As a Halloween movie, I'm less inclined to be like, this is fine, especially as one that is ending this trilogy that was set up. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's some good things about it, but you know, it's, it's not what I wanted out of a Halloween film. Um, yeah, but, uh, I don't think it's like, I mean, a lot of people are like, it's so divisive. Like people are like, it's great. It's going to be a cult classic in in five years, 10 years, or it's terrible. Like there's no, like, well, there is middle ground. I think, I think I'm middle ground. I think you might be middle ground. Middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like, there's not a lot of us. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's fine. It's, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So. I went into this movie a little bit differently than you and most people in that I knew what was going to happen in the film. There was a mm-hmm. leak of of the plot details. It was like a page-long, very detailed leak, and the leak was accurate. Um, and so like, I knew everything that was going to happen in this. I knew it would be mostly about this kid, Corey. It was a new character that they're introducing. I knew that he would basically become like a copycat killer of Jason in a way, although they're more like buddies type thing in this. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I knew how it ended. I knew how they killed Michael. I knew everything. And when I read this leak, I was like, this sounds fucking awful. And people are going to universally hate this movie. And much to my surprise, like that's not what happened. It just, as you stated like just instantly was this very divisive movie and 
me going into it knowing what was going to happen and thinking I was going to hate it. Uh, one, I was mentally prepared for how strange and, and like what a, you know what a zag this movie was. Um, but also, I, I think <laughs> I was like expecting to hate it, and as I was watching it, I was just like, um, "I'm not bored." Like you know, and there's interesting yeah. stuff in here. Once it finally gets going, like, like it holds off on like the kills and stuff. But once it finally gets going, there were some really cool kills. Um, but it's like that, the whole. Go ahead. That that is a big piece of it too. Is like because Halloween kills like mm. that starts off right after you know the, they escape the house Lori and and her her daughter and yeah. granddaughter in the back of the truck the house is burning fire department showing up and that movie starts off with a bang like michael yeah. is bloody he's like fucking hacking people up immediately like the gore and violence starts right away this is way more of a slow build, which is kind of jarring considering yeah. the ending of kills and how that, that happened. And the weird thing, like uh, Halloween kills for as goofy as it is. And, and, you know, people that hate that one, like it's kind of what you just expected out of it in, in a way. Like it's yeah. a very Halloween two sequel. It's like, we're just going to continue from the same night and we're going to amp up the violence. Uh, you know, like it has a lot of, silly writing and the evil dies tonight stuff and all that but it's like it's basically what you'd want that's why i've always like enjoyed kills them just like you know yeah it's not the like masterpiece that 2018 was but you know it's fun like it's giving you what you want and then this yeah. is just like not <laughs> well it's yeah it's like i think the big problem with it i think is is kind of what you already stated is like you had these two movies, and then this third one, at least on first pass, like my, my first watch of it, felt very disconnected. And the yeah, more I, mean, I th- like, go ahead. spoiler wise, like I mean, I think if, if you've seen it, like I mean, if you if you wanted to watch Halloween ends, you've seen it. It's like spoiler, like this movie starts off with characters that are not related. In yeah. any way to to the Strodes or to Michael Myers, they just happen to be in Hannonfield, um, and it it introduces like a whole new plot line, whole new story, whole new characters right at the beginning, which is a weird take. Yeah, and it just it feels like this is supposed to be the end of a trilogy. It's supposed to be about the big showdown between Laurie and Michael, and like that's not the movie you get. They they like. There is that in it, and it feels very tacked on at the end. Like yeah, the like last the, ten minutes. The, tra- like, the trailers for ends it, is the last ten end. minutes. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the movie is kind of an homage to Christine. It, it's this nor you're taking a normal kind of nerdy outsider kid and making him evil. Like that's it's it's Christine, you know. Yeah. Except there's no possessed car here. It's he finds Michael Myers in a sewer. And my thing about it is, like, the more I thought about it, I'm like, this does, it's not completely disconnected from from the rest because it is following through on kind of the thesis of Halloween Kills, which is that Michael turned the town into bullies. And now we're seeing that effect on one person, you know, and and how the fear and the, the need to have this, this, 
evil that you're pointing at, it gets placed on this kid because of something that happens at the beginning. Right. So you uh, always there. The town needs a villain. Yeah. And with, with Michael gone, Corey is is the yeah. He's the villain. So there is a thread running through it, and. I, I was that wasn't apparent to me at first, but like the more I thought about it, like it, these movies, like this Gordon Green trilogy, it's not about Michael and Laurie so much as it's about Haddonfield, and it's about the effect that Michael has on Haddonfield. Yeah, you know, in the first one, it's you know the effect he had on Laurie, and the second one, it's the whole town, and now we're going to uh, one specific character and how he gets turned evil, but the. And so, like, I, I came around on that part of it. But even if you accept that this is a different type of movie and you accept what I'm saying, that that's the through line, I think that uh, the movie is still very flawed. And, and that's where I land on the movie is that, like, I'm okay with Gordon Green doing what he did. Ultimately, I think it's interesting. It's a different take. Yeah. But I, I still think, like, even if you accept all that, that it's sloppy. Like, and... I don't quite buy everything. There's, like, there's some weird stuff, like like the yeah. relationship between Laurie's granddaughter and Corey. It, yeah, it, it blossoms immediately. Like they go. Yeah, why from, she's so into this? It doesn't feel like a yeah. adult relationship, even like a younger, like a twenty something, and it feels like a high school. Yeah. Like I'm infatuated um, with it. I'm gonna run away. Yeah, and, and like, then this kid is like a total fuck up uh, on top <laughs> of it, and she's yeah. got her shit together. You know. Um, uh, I I think that it, you know if you had this idea all along, Corey should have been in the other movies. He should have been at least a, a minor character, and and like kind of hinted that there's a darkness to him. Then I think this one works better. Um, I guess you know I guess bullying will push people to you know there's people that do uh, mass shootings and stuff like so I guess bullying will push people. But I just felt like there's some leaps of logic here. Where it's just like oh yeah, picked on a lot, and then all of a sudden he's a killer. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's 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 not uh, to me. It's not this like masterpiece. It's just it's a flawed, in- interesting entry. When it should have probably just been the big, uh, you could have made a like a strong suspense movie of just Laurie and Michael, and that's probably what it should have been. But you know, according to Green, it was like never his intention to do. He's he always said that this one was going to be his love story, and I'm like, yeah, but the love story is not that good. It's like yeah. it's, it's mediocre. It's put. It's like it seems like that might have been his intention, but as it's, like it seems slapdash. Like it's like. This doesn't yeah. seem like you said like a real relationship. It seems thrown together and like yeah. necessary for what the story is, so that Lori can be drawn in to this this Corey character. Yeah, so that's kind of where I land on it. There's other things I want to touch on, but were you going to say something? Yeah, I just think there's there's so many like there's so many good ideas in it that it's like kind of disappointing that it it did does kind of not come together because you could have just left like you know i mean you couldn't because michael lives at the end of kills but if you had if you had killed him off somehow and then what it is is like this one introduces that like that evil lives like yeah no matter what and it doesn't have to like yeah if you're gonna he's sidelined anyways in this movie yeah you could have just 
he could have just been dead. Like, like, yeah, the mob could have killed him in the last film, and, and we leave it there. Instead, they kind of introduce this like supernatural theme to it, where he is like able to take on twenty guys at once and <laughs> and kill yeah. them all. But now he's like weakened. It's yeah, it's like what? And... Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It, and there's like you know, there's corollaries between this and like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two, where yeah. And like I like I would have, I think I just would have preferred that. Like if Michael's not really here, and this kid, the bullying has pushed him so far that he he's, manifests he's like, yeah, as Michael. Michael. Yeah, I'll be your Michael. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Michael like mentors him, but he nobody else sees Michael. Like Michael yeah. is there for him, but not kind of like how Freddie was in two. Uh, there's just so many things I would have preferred they they do differently. Uh, there are some good kills in it. There's some yeah. good violence. It's just I, ultimately I, the ending just doesn't work for me. And I really enjoy the opening. Um, yeah. That's where we we meet Corey. Holy he's shit! Yeah, <laughs> um, and that's where he has this this accident happens where he accidentally knocks this kid off like the fourth floor of this fucking big ass house. And the kid dies, but just like man, even though I knew the kid was gonna die the way they do it, like the kid just comes. Lying down and splats onto the floor. I was like, "God damn, dude!" It's a a shocker. It was a, a good opening. It was yeah, very very good. <laughs> um, uh, I also I liked the portrayal of Lori in this, but here's one thing where like she feels like Lori, like Lori again, like from 1978, where it doesn't feel like this person that's gone completely crazy by Michael. She's like joking about her tits and stuff, like, but like. <laughs> this is one thing where, like, I, I don't feel that this like makes sense entirely because of who you set this character up as in in 2018. Like, yep, she's gone into isolation and she's, um, you know, like building these traps and she's all like preparing for in case this guy gets out of you know the hospital or prison, whatever, and. Um, now that he's out on the loose and, and they don't know where he is, she's just like, you know what? I can't let fear consume me. I'm like returning to a normal life. I'm like, okay. Like, I do appreciate that she feels more like Lori again, but it just doesn't fit up. Like, it doesn't like match the character that you wrote already. You know? Yeah. I, mean? I would think she would be even more consumed being as, as Michael kills her daughter in the last film. Like, yeah, that's like barely even mentioned here. Like it's just like, well, I got I got to move on with life. I'm writing my memoir, and uh, you know, I don't have any traps in my house. I'm just normal. Like I like to, I like the character in that place, but it just doesn't make sense compared to what you set it up. Right. Um, but uh, I guess I have the only other thing I, I really did love the DJ kill. Um, yeah, good. Bashing his face against the table, and he lifts it up. His jaws like broken open, and he put his tongue's hanging out. And he somehow grabs a pair of scissors and cuts the tongue off. That was great. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this to you or, or if you even noticed or what, but like uh, the co-host of the last drive-in was in that sequence. Um, was she the the girl that's in the in the lobby of the yeah. of the radio station? Yeah, so she had a small role. I guess she got killed. Like they shot a kill for her that's going to be on the the Blu-ray. Um, but just got it got cut from the theatrical. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's just the the, it, it, the movie's kind of a mess, and I'm kind of I think we're kind of similar reactions where it's yeah. like I don't know. I appreciate you're doing something different, and and I didn't hate the movie or anything, but I also no. I don't think it was great. No, and and coming yeah. off of 2018 is a. a phenomenal Halloween movie. Yeah. Like one of the best in the series. And then just to, the trajectory downwards of, yeah, of this is just yeah. so dramatic. And it's like, I kind of just wish they did 2018 and left it at that. Right. It would have been a good uh, ending there. Like that was fine. You know? Yeah. But it made a bunch of money. And this, even this one, like to continue to do this Peacock simultaneous release, this one still, it didn't make as much, but it still made it, more than it needed to. And the yeah. funny thing is, Green was asked, like, so is this really the last one? He's like, well, it's my last one, but the reality of the situation is it's too profitable that, you know, the, the, uh, there will be more. And yes. I hope that I honestly throw out all the, all the luggage, all the baggage. Like, 2018 got rid of most of it and kept on Lori. I, I say get rid of all of it and just do something new. A guy in a mask killing people. I really like the Hellraiser guy's uh, idea, which is basically that. Like, he's just a guy that shows up every Halloween in different towns. You never know where he's going to show up. No one knows who he is. I thought that was a neat idea. And it, it gets you away from all this mythologizing and bullshit. Like, just make a scary movie. Yeah, once uh, because they tied it so tightly to Haddonfield or to, yeah. to the Strohs and to yeah. Like it, it becomes this weird thing where you need, you know, you, you need a Strode or you need it to be in Haddonfield. Think like rebooting it like that, where it's kind of like, what was it, Hellfest? So it's like the, yeah, the ending of Hellfest yeah. where the guy is just, just a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be interesting. Like he just, you know, this Michael Myers mask shows up and, um, it would be neat. Like their idea wasn't that he was like a family man, which I thought was a really cool ending to Hellfest, but just like, after he clocks out, once it's like sunrise on uh, November first, he he just goes to a diner and gets breakfast, and he'll talk to the waitress. And you know, I thought that was a neat idea, um, like his personal purge night. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll get something. I don't. I I hope those guys are in the mix for when they do something next because I think that's a great idea. Yeah, it'd be nice. The, the temptation is going to be just to keep regurgitating the same thing we've seen over and over, which is like we've done this a million times now with Halloween, the Laurie Strode story. We've, Zombie got to do it, Gordon Green got to do it, the OG timeline got to do it. Like it's just like enough. <laughs> and, and like I guess my last note on Halloween ends is like, dude, I rewatched one through six this Halloween, and a lot of the like, dude. Like five and six are fucking garbage, and so if you're saying like this is the worst one or the Rob Zombie ones are better, you're fucking nuts. I think like I understand it's not what you wanted, but it's a well made enough movie. I don't know. I don't know. Where do you what do you think? Like you put the zombie ones over Halloween ends or no? Absolutely yeah. not. They're they're yeah. the worst in the series. Yeah, and th- this this re this kind of like revisiting of Halloween two as a good film. Zombies Halloween 2. Yeah, I yeah. actually like the Rosenthal Halloween 2. But like revisiting Zombies Halloween 2 is anything other than like a fucking mess of a film. It's the internet's favorite one. It's like considered a masterpiece on the internet. 
so batshit. I, 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 I and some of it by like serious critics. I don't get it. I've seen it several times. Every time, I don't like it. So you you rewatched? Five. I haven't seen five. Uh, I, yeah. it. I mean, I've seen five, but I haven't rewatched yeah. it recently. Um, how does Jamie's story end in that one? Um, she's just you know that they like get Michael. Like they don't do anything. Like this man in black comes. Like they have Michael in jail, and this man back black comes and like shoots up the whole fucking jail and breaks Michael out and it's like her walking like she is I think about to be driven home or something she's like wait what's that and she like runs into the jail and sees that Michael's gotten out and that's that's it her story finishes in six where she's like murdered early on in the movie oh it's she's, she's her her baby she's killed off screen yeah okay yeah um, I was like they could they could bring Daniel Harris back again <laughs> I think it's a bad I think, I think it would be a bad idea too, but yeah, and I, I don't think the studio go for that either because it's it's referencing something that a lot of people forgot or don't care or whatever you know. I don't I mean, know. It's, I just... it's it's not with Bloomhouse anymore. It's back with a uh, um, pod. I think uh, Bloomhouse is done producing these, so the yeah. rights have reverted back to a. Uh, the family that's been running it for forever. Yeah, the Yeah, cons. Yeah, yeah. Um, to well, move move back to them. So who knows? But I'm sure we will. Like that was the other thing that people are all like, "Man, this is such a trash ending to like this historic." Family. Like, do you think this is the actual end? Yeah, I, like I mean, you know this this series has ended multiple times. I know. <laughs> like, I'm sympathetic to it though because you know the two, 2018 one showed su- such promise. And like you said, if they just left it at that, that, that could be like the good timeline uh, of the series. And now it's like every timeline is still a little messy. There's there's always one that's like not as good. And, yep. Um, I don't know. I'll see if I, my opinion involves on kills, but again, it's it's not. I don't I think it's terrible. I'm gonna revisit like a lot. Like I will probably watch so? it again, but I don't think it's like one I'm gonna like pop in. I can see it. Often. I can see it. I can see me. And I can see me it growing on me even more, but you know, I, I think where I've landed right now is, is kind of like my final word on it is just you know, it, it's not what you expected, but it's interesting and flawed. Like that's kind of where I'm at. It's like yeah. I think I, I gave it two and a half stars when when I first saw it, and I bumped it up to three. The more I thought about it, I'm like I like being right in the middle with it. It was kind of around there, so that's fair. Uh, uh, anything else you want to touch on at ends, or are we ready to? Let yeah, it end? I think we can we can end it for now. We'll, yeah. we'll be back to Halloween at some point, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, the other movie I wanted to like make sure both of us talked about because it's, it's a big success story for the Halloween season which was uh, Terrifier Two, a uh, small independent like two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget movie that just kind of. It's it's more than made its money back. It's I think it's made over seven million dollars now. Got buzz, word of mouth, expanding to more theaters every week, making more money every week, which is like something movies don't do. Um, huge success story, and, and it's one uh, it's a sequel to a movie I think neither of us liked, and it just came out of nowhere. Like Gangbusters is like a big thing now. It's like a badge of honor thing too, because it's like. You know, oh, this is like the sickest fucking shit you've ever seen. There's people puking and fainting and leaving the theater. It's one of those types of movies, right? 
uh, and we both got the chance to see it. Uh, what did you think of Terrifier 2? I think it is infinitely better than Terrifier 1. <laughs> um, I think it's maybe a half hour, 40 minutes too long. Oh, yeah, it's like uh, two hours and 20 minutes or something. Like, yeah, or, it's yeah. a really long movie. Uh, for, for what it ostensibly is a slasher. Like, it is very, a slasher film. Very basic slasher, too. Like, it's... Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I, I art the clown has grown on me. Yeah. Uh, I think he has some personality, like way more personality than I thought he had in in either uh, All Hallows Eve, which he was in like a short in that, um, and then Terrifier One. Um, but yeah, I mean, I this one has a story. I think it's fairly well acted. It's shot well. There are some really good like gore and kills. There's some fun to it. Like there's some levity. Um, there's some brutality too. Some like really Ooh. brutal shit. Uh, I was not like I went into this film because I heard, "Oh my god, it's so gross! People are vomiting in the theater." And like that did not happen in my theater. Uh, I did not find anything like, "Oh my god, that is so vile that I would have to like." Yeah, it's really brutal. Away. Like really brutal kills. Yeah, and it's gory, and the camera stays on the gore, doesn't flinch. So yeah, I mean, I get, I get it in a way, but at the same time, I because it does it, and because it's over top, it starts to feel slapstick and cartoony. Um, like when you get a gory scene in most horror movies, they come really quick, and you 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 see like a split second of something really awful, and it like shocks you. And this is like because it's going on so long, it's not it, like the shock like wears off, and then I'm just like, okay, you're just trying to show me like the most fucked up shit you can, you know. And it, it doesn't come right. off as as like scary or anything. Like it doesn't come off as scary, and it does like ultimately at some point like you become desensitized to the gore, yeah, exactly. and, and it's like yeah. I'm I'm not really grossed out by it. like I, I think. The, Artwork that that uh, Damian Leone does here with his his practical effects and yeah. it's fucking phenomenal. He has really good. Yeah. an amazing sense of of style with this. But it's like, it's like I also think like if you're going to see a movie like Terrifier two, you kind of know what you're getting into. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of gives you yeah, it kind of gives you what you expect. Yeah. I think I will say I think Art the Clown is scary though, like him himself, like the, not the violence, but he, he, you know, he doesn't talk, but he has a, like a presence, and he he yeah. uses his face to to convey things, um, and like very just inappropriate reactions to things, like something real, like someone's getting their fucking head brains blown out, and he's like smiling, and um, I thought like one of the things in Terrifier One that was really effective is this like uh, pizza place scene where like. These two girls are sitting in there, and he sits down, and he's just staring at them. Like the actor that plays him has a presence, and, and he's really good at playing yes. this character. It's probably my favorite thing about the two movies. Um, I don't think I like Terrifier two as much as you. I, I, at first, I was like, "Hey, it's fine," and the more I thought about it, I think some of my reaction may be like people like hyping it up so much that it's great that I'm like, "I don't but think I that was great." Like. Uh, that's what I keep hearing, like, like you said, it may, it, and and like, look, I'm not gonna like, you know, throw shade in a movie that that's that's made seven and a half million dollars on a two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget, but also, you you made seven and a half million dollars, like it's you're yeah. not Halloween 
ends over here. You're you're not barbarian or and you yeah. never were going to be. But like seeing like these these news publications like talk about it like it is this blockbuster success. It's an independent success. Like and yeah. it, it's very you know, it's making its money, yeah. but it is not this like taking the world by storm. I mean Yes, but I do think that it, it has earned recognition in the horror community. It's known, for sure, for it, sure. it, and I just, for me personally, I personally don't think that this guy can write or direct. Like, I don't, I don't think the directing's good here. I think that like every scene goes on too long. And that is, yes, he needs an editor, flat, man. Very flat direction. Like he's not doing anything interesting with the camera or, or anything, and. You know, yeah, it has a more of a story than the first one, but again, I didn't think it was, you know, anything great. I thought that like it gets goofy towards the end. It too, gets goofy like... towards the end. There's like this new side character that's introduced that does nothing. Like it's like sidekick for art. Yep. Maybe the idea is like she'll carry it after. I don't think she could carry it. I think you have to bring back art if you're going to do another. But but she's also just in in his head. Oh yeah, yeah. She's. I didn't, yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. So like at the beginning, like he is when he's in the uh, the laundromat. Mm. He's like playing with her in there, and the guy who he like wakes up and he like looks over, and, and art is like naked. Mm-hmm. sitting there but he's playing and he's playing with the little girl but the little girl's not there like oh, <laughs> like I guess when he looks at it he's not there yeah. yeah um and so. that that does blend a little bit though because i think like the little boy could see the little girl like i don't know like it was weird like yeah, she wasn't used things. consistently i don't think you should be introducing magic into this no i don't even like that art is supernatural i would like if he was just I mean, he has to be supernatural because he shot his own brains out at the end of the first one and lived yep, through it. Yep. But I just wish he was just like this creep and you don't know. Like, you don't know what he is. Like, yeah, he's just a dude that dresses up like a clown yeah. and fucking is sadistic and hacks people yeah. in the and shit. Um, instead, yeah, they've given it this supernatural tinge and then, I don't there's, know. There's a magic sword for some reason. So fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but I did appreciate that at least they tried to tell a story here. Yeah, it wasn't just an hour and a half of torture in a warehouse. Yeah, yeah, because that like it, it's like you said, like he just drags on and on and on, and like yeah, his his gore, his special effects work is phenomenal, but it does just drag on. And when it's just that, you kind of like, all right, well now I've seen it. Yeah, here at least there is. Like, there is a story. To, I mean, kind of a story. There's a family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they make them kind of likable. You know, they end up in his path. I don't know. Like it. Yeah, I like I like the 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 girl that plays. Yeah. Sienna. Um, sure. Like the, the main character. So like, I, yeah, I got I I got into them. Like and and I I found art way more appealing this time out. So. Um, also, ah. bloody disgusting, uh, which is a. I know them as a news yeah. horror website, right? That, that's how you know them, right? Yeah. They produce this. Yeah. And they've, they've been pushing the hell out of it. Like, so yeah. it's like, like, I feel a little funny with that because they're like, oh my God, Terrifiers. Like, yeah, like this yeah. thing. And it's like, you guys, like, you have funds in this. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and I like, I don't think you shouldn't be excited for shit that you're producing, but it does, does blend a line. Like I look for you for news and you keep pushing this shit on me. And it's like, they should almost, they should almost step back from the coverage of it and not reviewed it or I don't know if they did or what, but, uh, they they did. And that's why I was like, like, that was the first review I read and I didn't know it was a bloody disgusting. Oh yeah. 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 It's like, Oh, this seems pretty cool. And then, then like there was a, a podcast, which if you stay, did, you saw it. You did not see it in theater, so no, I, I, um, <laughs> you, you you found another way to watch it. Hey, uh, man. However, it you can on, get it. It was on YouTube. I took the and, opportunity, and, and as you said, it's it's been you know it's a weird story with this film because it started out as only like a three day special event, and like they yeah. keep adding screens and uh, around the country, but it hasn't been sent to streaming, and it is hard to see in certain markets so uh but at the end at the end of this film when i saw it there was like uh damian leone and the guy who plays art um and they were on a podcast from a bloody disgusting podcast Mm. and uh you know they're they're talking about and gushing over it and it's like this seems really weird like (laughs) some lines being blurred here that i'm not really comfortable with yeah, it doesn't take away from you know the movie itself. It, it's, it's a better better film than Terrifier One, I think. For sure, and I'm happy for them, and I'm happy that like something that this is this demented is popular. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I just have to be the the voice of reason here and say <laughs> that like it, it's not it's not that good. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, yeah, no, I'm fine with yeah, that. Like, I, I yeah. think I rated it a three out of five. Like, yeah, I think I, I think I might have rated it that too. But then like I soured on it a little. Just be just to like balance the like general consensus, which everyone is just like batshit about this. Like, yeah. oh, who would have thought that Michael Myers would have the worst movie this year and then this would come out of nowhere and be great. I'm like, this is not great, dude. And this is not better than Halloween. I'm sorry. It's just for me it's not. <laughs> like I, I guess you know, it is I guess what you're like, looking for, I guess. Yeah. Like, and it is a straight up like fucking slasher yeah. like that's trying to be a slasher so you know i, I can't like hate it too much yeah. i just have to like temper the, the oh, no, uh, like see her pitch yeah. on this like absolutely yeah. understood <laughs> um and but yeah I'm, I'm glad that like shit like this is being made and uh, i one yeah. one last thing before we move on i did see it in the theater and there were it was three quarters full and I will say that increased my appreciation for it because yeah, I can see that uh, it's it's a fun movie to it's watch. That would get reaction in the theater. And yeah. and if you're going to see Terrifier two in a, in a you know at that point in time because it was a special event, you were looking to go see that movie. So you were with people that wanted what they were delivering, and, and it was a fun yeah. fun time. I get. I I was thinking that after I watched it too. I'm like, you know, if you saw this in the theater with a the crowd, like just. Uh, you, you'd be feeling the reaction of the crowd to some yep. of like the shit in it, and like I didn't have that. I'm watching it on YouTube, so yeah, I think some of it was lost on me. But um, anyways, Chris, what have you been watching? Oh uh, well, those two uh, we just yeah. talked about, and then uh, did have a, a a pair of other ones. We, we both saw Hellraiser. I don't know if we talked about that. I uh, don't think we did. Show. Don't think we did. Um, yeah, the new new Hellraiser, uh, just just called Hellraiser. 
I guess we're calling that Hellraiser 2022. Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, I am, yeah. I am a fan of the Hellraiser series. Uh, not like a super fan, but like enough that like I've seen them all. I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy the Cenobites. This does a, this is fun. This is a fun, fun film. Uh, the Cenobites are gross. They look great. Uh, I think the mystery is fun and involving. Um, the sets are, are pretty cool. Yeah, I, I had a great time with it. Really enjoyed it. I think it's like a great return to form for a series that has not been good since like the late 80s, early 90s. So I liked it too. I am not a fan of Hellraiser. I've seen the first two, but uh, like my memory of them, like, or like I always kind of like zone out when I'm watching them. And I think I saw like the first two on Joe Bob. So sometimes, the, you know, there's a few drinks involved. I'm yeah. more kind of looking at Twitter and, and enjoying just like the show surrounding the show. Mm-hmm. And um, so like I, I'm coming into, I came into it just like, watching it as a movie and I thought it was entertaining. Like I, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I know there's, there were people that are like fa- fans, like big fans that didn't like it. I mean, there's fans that did like it. You liked it. So I'm telling you, it's just like an outsider watching it. I was like, ah, I thought it was pretty cool. And it made more sense than any of the others. Like the, the two others <laughs> that I've seen, like, like I got what was going on here. I, and I get that, that like is kind of a change from what the actual story is but it, I, again i thought it made it, this made sense like i understood the rules of this world you know what i mean like yeah um and and i, I enjoyed it i thought it was entertaining uh it's and, not, it, you know it's not gonna be on my top 10 or anything but I, I liked it you know and i think that like look i mean if you're like a huge super fan of like hellraiser and hellbound and, and maybe even hell on earth the first three films yeah uh, you know, maybe you don't like some of the the lore changes they make here. Now that, and they made them with Clive Barker. Like he he worked as a producer uh, on uh, this film. Can't touch anything. That's kind of the same thing, apparently. Yeah, yeah. But uh, um, like this is also a film that had what, three, six, eight, ten films. This is the eleventh film in the franchise, and everything after three is absolutely terrible so like it's not like it's like this was a huge improvement it got people to look at hellraiser like to me if you're a fan like you're just happy that one it's back and two like it was very well received so we may get more of them and again again i know it's like probably a change or whatever but i like it just made sense to me and i thought it was a cool idea that you have to solve the box, and when you do, you got a wish. And, and but like the wish always had like a, you know, it's like a double-edged sword type, or like you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, sometimes it, you're gonna get what you want, but it's not how you want it. it it's gonna be terrible somehow. Like I thought that was a cool idea. The puzzle box looks really cool, and it's different. What do they call them? Formations or, or um, I don't know what they called it. Yeah, I mean they're the. Like the the lament configuration. The different configurations looked cool. Yeah, and like I the, got, the, they were all mechanical looking. It was really neat. Like, oh, they, you could tell they really, like really cared about this puzzle box, and and it was cool. Like it made it cool. Like I I really like like watching people solve it. Although it did seem like how do people solve this so easy? Uh, yeah. 
uh, like I can't do a Rubik's cube. This thing is fucking nuts. Um, but yeah, I, I, I liked it, dude. I thought it was a fun movie. I, I think the other complaint against it is, is it's not horny enough. Like, it's not like BDSM or kinky enough. Yeah, but, but I, I thought that the stuff that's I thought that stuff was in there. You don't think so? I, like, I I thought it was. Yeah, like I, yeah. I think that stuff is there. It's just instead of the Cenobites being dressed up in like black leather and bondage and kink gear, like they're their design was more skin focused so it was more body modification um which i thought was really cool like they did some really really cool shit with that i think that's kinkier yeah than just wearing a leather outfit this it's like every one of them was like in in, tortured in some way you know what i mean like i thought that's was neat and, and uh like the so so like that was a big complaint of it, and then like people oh like you know the, the 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 original ones are all about pleasure, and I mean sure that that's what those were about you know like very much sex oriented and and the pleasure of of sex and and addiction that way this deals with that but it's through addiction right like so there is pleasure in getting high and and being addicted like it just it just told in a different way and it was. I guess pleasure, pleasure through pain. Like yeah. you're and, reaching and, a level of of uh, physical sensation that you could not. Like you know, the, the, yeah. unfortunately for the one guy, like the bad guy, he was, I guess, not liking it because he wanted out of what he was. Please, in. please let me out of this because <laughs> this was not awful. what like, I bargained for. Like running his nerves through this fucking device. Like it was like. Uh, I, I thought that was cool though. I thought it was all cool. Yeah. I thought it, it was sexy. I thought like I thought that you know. The movie was kinky. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I thought not, it like, delivered what Hellraiser yeah. is supposed to deliver, but I I don't know. I I feel like ultimately I feel like the majority of the audience is kind of on our side on this. Like, thought it was pretty good, you know. Yeah, and I'm glad because that means that we'll we'll get more of this, and yeah. maybe not maybe not this one in particular, but we we will get more Hellraiser, and I'm I'm in on that, so. Also, David Bruckner, the director, he's three for three with me. He did the ritual. He did the night house. He did this. I like. I've, I've liked all them too. Yeah, I think some of the best horror movies of the last few years. He's really good. Um, one other thing, I guess, to talk on that I that I that I've been watching, um, and I kind of fell off of it. We talked a little bit about it when we recorded last time. I watched a whole bunch of Amityville films. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I've seen. They are so so bad. <laughs> did you finish your challenge? Did you see like all of them? I, I did not. I got up to <laughs> twenty broke. twenty. Broke. <laughs> yeah, it it was. Uh, I hit a point where it's like the, this. I can't. <laughs> like these are so so bad. I just needed to take a break because like it just was not. Like, it wasn't enjoyable, even from a like this is so bad. It's funny to watch. It was yeah. just, just torture. Why am I spending, you know, two I, to four hours a day? Doing this? I, I felt like this is where this was going to go. I tried to warn you, but you did. And you I were will, determined. I will attempt to finish. Like, I, yeah. I only, I, I got through 2020, so I'm pretty close. But of course, like, they released in like six to eight of these a year. So there's still like 14 <laughs> left. Oh, really? Wow, wow, wow. Uh, take, take a break. You earned it. Yeah, yeah. I, just like, I can't. Um, I had to back off of it for for a little bit because they're just a lot of them are like these independent films where somebody like i have a camera i want to make a movie and 
it's not to the level even of like Captain Alex. Like it's <laughs> at least yeah. Captain Alex is fun and it's like they you know charming a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's isn't good, but like you, you you see that like these guys appreciate action and they're they're trying to do something and it, it's funny to watch in that way. This is like these these people don't understand horror. They don't understand what they're doing with Amityville. And it's just bad. It's just like <laughs> poorly shot. It all looks terrible. Um, like I would rather like and Captain Alex I found fun. Like that was, you know, there there was some en- enjoyment there. These are just slogs. So yeah. 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 I had to back off of that. Well, is, is that is that, is that yeah? That, that's that's okay? a. That's, I mean, might touch on some things that that you watch. So I okay. probably have seen some of them, but okay. Uh, yeah, I've seen a lot. I don't know if we'll get them all here, but uh, I'll, I'll make sure to touch on the ones I really wanted to mention. And on top of that list, because I don't want to forget to mention it, is uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, the new Netflix series that debuted over the last week before Halloween. Uh, did you get to catch any of these episodes, Chris? I did not. I thought about watching that third episode that that you mm-hmm. uh, you, you have been raving about last yeah. night. I did not get to it, but it is on my it is on my list to get to. You're in for a treat. These, these there's eight episodes. Uh, I've seen six out of the eight so far. You know, think tales from the crypt. Like that's what what this is. But like yep. way way better production values than anything like that. It makes the fucking new creep show series look like shit, which it kind of already did. <laughs> this is good. Like this is really good. And there's real talent behind it. Some of the most interesting horror directors out there. And uh I guess you know it's hit or miss. Like the the production value in all of them is is like off the charts. The, the show looks great. But there's a few that I think are kind of more duds. But there hasn't been one I've hated yet. And there's been at least three out of the six that I watched I think are fantastic. Like, I think they're excellent fucking horror movies in their own right. They're just short horror movies. Um, And those great ones were... um, What's her name? The girl who did A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Okay. Amantor. She has one called The Outside. Um, I've never saw, seen her movie, but I want to see it now because I thought this was really interesting. Is about this girl. This you know, she's like middle aged, she's married, but like she doesn't fit in with people at work. She just feels like an outsider. She feels like she's ugly, and she's getting sold this cream that will make you beautiful. And it goes places I didn't expect. I thought it was really good. I I really was like, I need to check out this this uh, director's movie. Um, yeah, a, girl, a girl walks home alone, and I is pretty good. Yeah, it's, I've not seen it. Overrun, but it's pretty good. I th- want to say that they showed it on Joe Bob, but it was one of those ones. I'm like, I'm not watching. I think it's foreign language. Uh, yeah, I think it's a yeah. it's it's an Iranian film. Yeah. So it might be in Persian or. And I was like, it, I was you know, you're putting this on a second movie. I'm like six years deep. Uh, I'm not making it, so I don't think I ever watched it. Uh, but now I, I, I kind of have to. This is it, it's you know it's in English. Um, it's really interesting and cool Christmas vibes to it. Um, there is one from David Pryor who we're discussing one of his films tonight. It's the first thing he's done since The Empty Man. And if you like The Empty Man, I think you'll really dig uh, his his short film, The Autopsy. Uh, this just 
it it goes places you don't expect, kind of like the Empty Man does. And it has, you know, we're going to get into it when we talk about the Empty Man. It has, like, these interesting ideas and dialogue that, um, that I think is a really, fe- like, a great feature of the Empty Man and here as well. And last but not least, uh, Panos Cosmatos, the guy who did Mandy, his first thing that he's done since Mandy is in this, and it is incredible. It is really great. Uh, it's episode seven. It's called The Viewing. Um, it is... <laughs> I, I'll say this. I, I think it's his most accessible thing that he's done yet. I think he, he keeps getting more accessible and the writing keeps getting better. Uh, I think that... I think you'll like it. I think I think okay. you really like it. Uh, shit, my wife, who hates Bandy, was like <laughs> way... She was way into this. It's basically an hour of people doing drugs in a room together. Uh, and it's really funny, and you have a really commanding performance from Peter Weller, who's like this guy that invites... He's like this ultra-rich guy... He invites like all like the smartest minds in the world to come like, hang out with him for a night for a viewing. He's like, you are, you know, he sends them this invite. You're cordially invited to the viewing, and then they get there and they're just bullshitting. And it's like he's like, here's this whiskey that came from World War II. It somehow survived all these bombings. Here's the best weed on the planet. Here's the purest cocaine. Like he just keeps giving these people more and more shit. They're like, what are we here for? Are we just here to get fucked up with this guy because he's rich and could have like afford to bring us all here and but of course he has something he wants to show them and he wants them to be in the right mind frame to see it and uh, i won't spoil it more than that but it's just so much fun it reminded me of um you know kill bill volume two the end where it's like a half hour of david carradine talking mm-hmm. it's kind of like that like kind of peter weller really reminds me of that and this so you're just kind of like mesmerized by this guy and the visuals and the music, I, 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 I really loved the viewing. I thought it was great. Uh, again, the rest of the series, uh, there hasn't been anything I really hated. So, like, I just watched nice. another one tonight. I thought it was kind of boring. It's called the Pickman's Model or Pickman's Model. It starred Crispin Glover. Um, I thought it was a kind of boring, but like the last ten to fifteen minutes, I was like, oh, it paid off pretty well. I, I liked it, you know. Yeah, that one's based on a story by H.P. Lovecraft, so... Yeah, you could tell. And, like, a lot of these do feel a little Lovecraftian. I'd say, I'd say, you know, Cosmatos is one that feels Lovecraftian, too. Um, and it's cool. Guillermo del Toro introduces each story. He doesn't say much. He's just like, what if a key could do something? You know, like... Oh, just kinda, yeah, but I, I do like that he goes, you know, tonight's story is The Viewing, and it's directed by Panos Cosmatos. He at least... So that's what the story is, and gives the director credit for what they did. Um, but uh, honestly, like, kind of the most exciting horror thing for me all season was w- was this. Like, I was really excited to see it, and it lived up to it. So I- I'm I'm excited for you to check it out when you get around to it. All right. Um. Uh. Hmm. There's a movie called Fall. You saw trailers for this. Yeah, it is on my uh, it's on my to watch list. I think it just went like to like a normal rental price. Yeah, so it's I'm, out I'm there now. It. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, you saw the trailer, you know the premise. These two girls get stuck on a two thousand foot tire, two thousand foot tall 
tower that they decided to climb and not tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Always how it goes. Yeah, so it, bad decision-making, right? And the human uh, elements of the story are not amazing. But it delivers the movie that's in the trailer. And if you're afraid of heights at all, good lord, <laughs> is this a fucking wild ride. <laughs> like, I was physically, like, almost ill watching it. Like, I was just like, oh my god, dude. Like, my, my palms are just sweating the whole fucking time. My palms and my feet were sweating the entire time. The movie got a physical reaction out of me. Uh, so... Yeah, I saw pretty middling like uh, letterbox reviews and stuff, but I was like, man, this thing fucking. If you're afraid of heights, it really plays on your fear uh, of that shit really well. Again, you, it's like um, that movie Frozen that people like to pick apart, where the the kids get stuck on the ski lift. Yeah, I like that one. And I'm like, yeah, you could pick it apart, but like, I'm just so viscerally invested in what I'm watching that it doesn't even matter. That's, that's a, kind of how I felt about it. Scenario. I mean, I don't know. I don't, don't you know. never get me up in that fucking. Right. But, you can get but, me on a ski lift, probably. Yeah, but but it's it's at least like these are scenarios that are realistic, right? Like people right, would been, climb a giant tower. People do do stupid shit like that. There's yeah. people that die climbing all the time. You know, like it's it's not a common at all. Right. A lot of famous so, climbers die. So there's there's at least that like like you can relate to it being you know, yeah. a realistic thing that could happen. Yeah, and again, just does not matter because like, they just do the height shit so well in this. It's a fun rental, for sure. Um, One other one I want to make sure to touch on, and I think I might leave it at that, is a movie called Vengeance. It is on Peacock right now. It's written and directed by BJ Novak from The Office. And it is, what is it? Is it a, I think that's the thing of the movie is you're kind of questioning what it is throughout. The premise mm-hmm. is BJ Novak plays this kind of like guy from, I think, New York, who he's like a journalist and podcaster, and he's looking for a, he wants to like get a popular podcast going. He's looking for a story, and one kind of stumbles in his lap. And that this girl who he hooked up with once, her family calls him to tell her that she died. And they think, like, he's her serious boyfriend. And they want him to fly out to her funeral in Texas. And and he goes. And the family is convinced that, like, you know, the story is she overdosed. But the family is convinced she was murdered by drug dealers and stuff. And, you know, like, we're, like, okay. What's going on here? And and he is like, this is my story. This is going to be my podcast. And it's going to be about like how people will invent lies to, to not face the truth. And as you're watching the movie, you're like, what is this? Is this a murder mystery? Is this about like, is this like a fish out of water story about this New York guy in, in Texas? Is it about the differences between red and, and, blue america and the assumptions we make about each other is it about uh our our current times like um you know like uh the the way we all live in our bubbles and we all live on social media and we all kind of invent our own reality and the answer is it's all the above (laughs) and i think it has some really smart 
things to say about all that. And I could never quite tell like where it was going to go right up until the very end. And I think that the ending that it has is really cool. Uh, I've seen people who did not like this movie. uh, I've seen also people like me who are like really surprised by it. I think it's worth checking out, especially if you have Peacock. Um, Again, it's, it just surprised me. So um, I'll leave it at that. I don't want to say too much and spoil anything. Okay. Um, Yeah, I think we'll leave it at that. And we'll get into our first movie of the night, which I'm going to make it The Empty Man. Okay. Um, we're going that order. Hey, wait. We got to try it. Try what? Calling The Empty Man. Who's The Empty Man? If you're on a bridge and you find a bottle, you blow into it. And you think about the empty man. Oh, come on, Mandy. How old are you? Tell him the rest. On the first night, you hear him. And on the second night, you see him. And on the third night? Well, on the third night, he finds you. He finds you. You can hear him, can't you? Squirming his way into your thoughts like a disease (laughs) and his message is contagious Man was direct, written and directed by David Pryor. Uh, it released October 23rd of 2020. That's important to note here. Had a budget of 16 million. It did a box office of 5 million. The movie, uh, you know, Disney acquired 20th Century Fox. This is one of the things that were like left over from 20th Century Fox. They didn't know what to do with it, and they just like threw it into theaters uh, in the middle of the pandemic when people were not going to, to theaters. Its own video release is shitty at best. I mean, it got to live on HBO Max for like a year, but it's it's not on there anymore. Um, and you can't even like. At least on Amazon, you can't even rent the movie. I don't think. I think you could just buy it. So weird. Uh, yeah, it's weird. And the movie, because of how it was released, like it's gained a following for sure. But it, like, I think there's also a lot more people that you think that have never seen it or even heard of it. Right. Um, it's got uh, looks like it has a seventy-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Average review or average rating of 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. But it has gotten some notice. It's, it's built a, a cult following. And this was your first time seeing it, right? Yes. Okay. 
Um, this is my second time. And, you know, I saw it kind of when it hit HBO Max. I, I really loved it and um, wanted to find a way to bring it to this show for you to see it. Although, I guess you did watch it on your own before. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you, you knew that. Uh, you yeah. had mentioned, uh, you had mentioned, like, hey, this, this, uh, you know, this, you should watch this film. And then yeah. I had heard that it was leaving HBO Max. Uh, so I jumped on it right before it left, and then then you announced that this was the film we were watching. Like, oh, good, I saw it. <laughs> either way, I think it gave us, I think one of our more fun pairings of movies for the year. I think, like, I, I liked both of these movies. Um, well, yeah, let's get into like what the Empty Man is. It yeah. starts with this like cold open that's like twenty five minutes long, somewhere in there, twenty two, yeah. twenty five minutes, something like that. Yes. It is a uh, long opening, like and jarring when it shifts. Yeah, because it, it you're you're like following these people. It's like nineteen ninety five. It says it's Ura Valley, Bhutan. I don't know. These people are like hiking through mountains, right? Yep. Uh, and yeah, like Nepal or something like that. Yeah you think the movie's going to be about them. And in a way, it's like, they are like the inciting incident in a way of the movie, but like, you don't know mm-hmm. that. Like, you think it's going to be about them. One of the guys in the group, like, hears a sound in the ground, and he like, basically falls into this hole in the ground into a cave. They go down there to rescue him out, but he's like, just sitting like, you know, sitting down, kind of transfixed like in this catatonic state he's like staring at this crazy looking skeleton yeah. that looks inhuman like human but inhuman yep and he's just in this catatonic state for the rest of like this opening like he like will be whispering stuff but pretty much unresponsive and they find like a cabin up in the mountains stroke storm happens but long story short while they're sleeping i think he whispers into one of the girl's ears like he's doing his gibberish that so you can't really hear what he's saying. And the next day, like she like kills them all. Like, it's like, it's like actually, uh, well, there's actually a few details about this that we, I have to, we have to get right, which is, um, uh, the next day after he whispers in her ear, he's like wandered off and he's sitting in front of a bridge and he's blowing into this, uh, kind of like flute like instrument. Yep. Or I don't know what you would call the instrument if you know it's, what it is. It's, it, it, it's some sort of wind instrument that it's like, like you know, it, it's like makes when the you noise blow, of a bottle. Yeah, like when you blow into a bottle, he's doing that. And, and they come out there, and, and she fucking stabs two of, the, of her friends. She pushes them off the the top of the mountain. She jumps herself, and you're just like, "Whoa!" I thought this whole movie was gonna be about these people. And then it just, you know, cuts to the title card, The Empty Man, and it cuts to, and it goes from 1995, you know, out in these mountains to 2018 Missouri. And instead, like, the main chunk of this movie is this cop that we meet. He's a former cop. It's a guy that runs, like, a, like, he has his, like, own security business. There's this lady he was kind of involved with, and he, you know, he, he talks to her daughter as well. I think that's what it, I, I I was like a little confused by this, even at the second time watching. It's like there's a girl he's talking to on a bench or whatever in the beginning, and I think it's this girl's daughter who goes missing. 
And she's saying like this weird cryptic shit, which is like my favorite part of this movie. My favorite thing in this movie is like the weird shit people say. I think she says something like nothing is real. What if our thoughts begin somewhere else? Like, you know, like our thoughts, like our brain is like a radio receiver that like is just, you know, we're just translating what someone else is saying. I thought that was a really cool idea. Um, but she goes missing. That's the girl he was talking to, right? Like she goes missing. I think. Yeah, no, it is. It's yeah. the, the one that, that he was talking to. And the cops are kind of like not wanting to take action on it so much because they're like, it, it's a runaway. And so he's going to help this lady that he was involved with try to find her. And so like a bit like basically like the rest of this movie and like kind of the heart of it is like this weird it's like this crime drama like mystery mixed with like cosmic horror and existential dread it's like i don't know it's like fucking david fincher 7 meeting something like some lovecraftian shit like i i think it's like a really neat combo um. Oh, and, and when she goes missing, like it says, like in her room, it's like written in blood. The empty man made me do it on the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he starts talking to her school friends. We get this flashback where we see that they were doing this, like you know, stupid teenager thing where it's like, oh, it's kind of like Candyman or something like that. It's like if, if you go, it's convoluted. It's like if you go to a bridge after dark and you find an empty bottle and you blow into it and you think about him, um, something will ha- like he'll he'll like come for you. I forgot what it is. It's like you, you first night you hear him, and then the next time you you see him, and on the third night he comes in and gets you. It's like this weird. Did you have like it written down what exactly like those three things are? Like three nights are. Uh, was. The hell was it? It's it's uh, you hear him, you you see him, and he he comes he gets you. Yeah, he so gets it's you. something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we, you know, we get this flashback of them all doing it. Of course, this reminds me of the thing at the beginning where the guy's sitting by the bridge, blowing into the thing. Um. Her, her, her friends seem all weird now too, like kind of like the you know the dude at the beginning, like they're kind of under the spell. But yeah, it's largely like this, it, it's like this detective mystery with like supernatural overtones. Um, he finds a bunch of kids that hung themselves under the bridge, and they also wrote that the empty man made them do it. We get like one normal like kind of horror movie kill in this where. Uh, like the empty man makes this girl like we see it as like he he's like stabbing this girl with scissors in a shower, but it's just uh, her doing it to herself. Yeah. Um. Uh, well done too. Like the, yeah, the, the way the way they present it, um, because you do see it as like her being stabbed, but then when it is kind of it reveals the other side of it intercut with that of of her stabbing herself her doing it to herself i think after she's found we get another one of these like really wonderful scenes that like to me is why i love the empty man um it's him our main character talking to the police and 
the detective he's talking to is like, you know, I've come to the conclusion that we can't solve crimes like these. They're inexplicable. Like, you can't indict the cosmos. And he tells him about this lady who fed her infant to dogs and wrote The Empty Man made me do it. I just love the idea, that, like, because there are things that happen in real life that there's no explanation for. You know, it's like, like, well, it, like what would possess somebody to do something so sick and twisted? Yeah. Um, there, are, you know, there's just like weird occurrences, like, and then like, all these people writing the empty man. It's like I don't know, man. But this cop's answer is like, you can't solve it. I, I love he, he he's I love he goes like he's like you can put someone, you can find the person that did it. And you could put him in prison for it, but doesn't mean you solved it. Like, and I was like, I love that, dude. I love that idea. Uh, yeah, our- that there's there's this this thing out there that like we understand from a human perspective of what causes yeah. things and and who might be to blame, but like, what actually what's the evil that actually drives you? Like you're never going to actually you're not going to understand it. Yeah, and I. As I get older, I, I more and more love this type of horror where something like, you know, it's kind of what the Lovecraftian thing is. It's like something that you, about the universe that you can't understand. And I think like, I don't know, I just like that. I, I like the idea of like, yeah, the, the world is so big and there's so many things we don't understand that there's going to be things that you can't understand. And I, I like, I dig that type of horror. Um, and and then and you know and this is very similar to Lovecraft in that that way too because like a lot of Lovecraft, uh, especially the Cthulhu stuff, deals with like cults that surround the worshiping of it and and uh, like this this empty man has a following like yeah people kind of follow behind them and you can't explain why like why like these people don't really understand what they're doing either they just know that there's this entity out there that they're following and so they just worship it cuz they know it's yeah. something more so that's what he discovers he like gets drawn to this pontifex institute stephen root is running it he's like they're like preacher or whatever it's cool. He has like a little another like the thing is I want to touch on here are just like the cool shit people say. Yeah. And, and there's like he has a conversation with them after their their big, you know, meeting or whatever or their mass, whatever you want to call it. And it, Stephen Root tells him he's like, you know, repetition repetition makes things meaningless and he tells them, you know, you know that phrase if you steer in the, into the abyss, it steers into you. He's like it's been repeated so much at this point. You don't even think about it. It's a refrigerator magnet, you know. Like I, I just like like I think those ideas are cool, dude. In this, but yeah, he basically discovers, like you said, there's this cult that worships this empty man, um, and I don't know if they understand completely what's going on, but they just they know that there's like this entity that will transmit thoughts to a receiver, and basically tells people to do awful shit so i don't know why you would worship he like tells you kill your friends okay yeah let's worship this guy uh there's things about it like on the second watch where i'm like "Eh, i don't know if i like i think the ride is more interesting than i think like i don't get i I think the more you like if you think too much about it after the fact like it starts to break down a little bit but i don't know man like the the ride is so cool that uh it's a fun murder mystery almost procedural in the way it's presented um that like it 
that like the ride, that roller coaster ride of the film is enjoyable, and it's like there's just enough that makes logical sense. The connections, yeah, it's yeah. like it, it starts off as this one thing, you think it's going to be that, and then they all get killed, right? Yeah, then it becomes like this detective mystery, and you think it's just going to be like him trying to find this girl, and maybe there's like a supernatural boogeyman, like a bye bye man thing going on, but. No, then he discovers discovers there's a cult. You know what I mean? Like the movie, like it keeps ramping up. It keeps going to like a different realm, but it's all like weird and interesting. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and if you do start to like dig into it, as you said, like then maybe, like you start pulling on threads, like this might not work. This yeah. might not work. Well, yeah, it's a little bit like, well, why do they have to do this? Why do they have to, you know? Um, and we're gonna get to it, but yeah, but on surface level, it, it's fun. Like that first yeah. watch is. Definitely fun. Um, he finds this kid there, uh, played by Joel Courtney. Who uh, did you do? You know who like this guy is? Like the young guy he meets, who's like smoking a cigarette in the alley. No, it's the kid from Super Eight, dude. Oh, really? Yeah, he does not look like a kid anymore. I mean, I guess Super Eight was a while oh, ago. Yeah, it was the, the, over a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. Um. He, the guy, I think he tells him to go to this camp. Uh, he goes to this camp. He finds like a file on him. It's empty. Um, he finds a whole bunch of cultists at night. I love when he like sees them all and like they see him. They're, like having some ritual and they see him. And they start walking towards him. He's like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> he starts <laughs> running. <laughs> uh. He follows that dude again. Uh, he's like watching them do errands. He follows them to, like to this hospital, and then they're worshiping the guy from the very beginning of the movie, the guy that went catatonic at the beginning. He's been in a coma for twenty three years, um, and that's where like he he kidnaps this Joel Courtney kid, and and um, that's when he like explains to him what's going on. He's like this this guy's like an antenna. He transmits, we receive. Another one, the again, like the reason I love this movie, besides what we just said about how it's like it keeps going different places, is the cool shit that people say. And like this kid says to him, he's like, "Every nightmare you've had ever had is a documentary." I'm like, I just, I love that dude. It's such a, a great line. Like it's just like, what a creepy thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's all, it's all actually happened somewhere. Yeah. Um, it, it just. What else is it? Like the only real, the only reality is there is no reality. You've got the itch in the brain. I love like this is a kind of a recurring thing in the last half of this movie is like the brain can itch. Like what does that mean? I don't know, but I fucking love it. Um, like that's what I love about the movie. It's not trying to gross you out. There's barely any kills. It's just like unsettling ideas. You know, uh, it's trying to get like under your skin, uh, and that's kind of leading into like where this is going now it's he finds this extensive file on himself it suggests that uh he is an invented person like he like our main character was not a person uh he goes back to the hospital amanda is there like the girl the guy the girl he's been looking for the whole movie mm-hmm. she tells him he transmits we receive and his message is contagious um She's she's telling him, do you know the brain can itch, blah blah blah. But then she explains to him that he is invented, like he he didn't exist until three days ago. Um, that they 
they needed a new empty man because this guy's husk was no good anymore. I think is the idea, right? Like the the dude from yeah, the beginning of the movie that's been in a coma for twenty three years, like he's no good anymore. Yep, he's and, he's he's dying, and you know, if he dies, like obviously you use your receiver. Yeah, and your transmitter. And it's not so like the way that guy got sucked into it. Like it just worked, but she's like, it's like a one in a thousand thing, and it's hard to find a replacement or something like that. And so, like, we created you by thinking about you really hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, she says, like, thought plus concentration plus time equals flesh. And he's the next empty man. And it's a neat idea. It's a cool surprise at the end. What do you think of, of like, this is like we're at the end here. This is like the big reveal. He a little, is the a little bonkers. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, him being the empty man seemed to be like to me where they were kind of like leading him that like yeah. all this was set up. But then they're like, we've we've created you. It's like, huh? <laughs> but like, it's cool. It's a cool reveal and everything. But it's like at the end of it, you're just like, okay. But then why did you make need to do this whole elaborate thing? Like, why do you have to give him all this backstory and all this shit? Because most everything you know about him is bullshit. Like, I, I, I yes, everything it, we've watched is is not existent. Like, it's, it's like, not I, none of it's real. Nothing we watched was real. Uh, why was it necessary? Yeah, yeah, right. like, yeah, he had a wife and kid that died in a car accident, and he had sex with her mom at the funeral, and like none of that happened. It's all. Uh, invented. In fact, most of like what we saw of him was invented until like the very end of the movie. So it's just like ah, it's one of those things like you just kind of have to like the first time you see it, it's just such a like whoa, what's going on? That like you're like whatever. The second time I watch it, I'm like ah, just, why does any of this have to be this way? But um, ultimately, it doesn't matter to me because I just think it's a neat <laughs> like it's a neat movie. Uh, he shoots the the empty man that's in a coma. And then the hospital staff falls to their knees and they start worshiping him and they're saying, you transmit, we receive. That's the end. Um, What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I mostly liked it. I mean, I enjoy a good procedural type uh, Mm. approach anyway. Um, I do look at it. It's like two very different films to me. Because like that opening, I think, is a phenomenal short. Um, like a standalone, like it just works yeah. really well. All the stuff in the mountains, it, it's really, really cool. And then this, all this stuff that happens in Missouri is like completely different, but also genuinely cool, interesting yeah. to watch. Uh, you know, just a good dialogue. Um, I think the acting's fairly, fairly well put in, and and it keeps twisting and turning that you're like interested in the the mystery. Yeah, up until maybe that final reveal, and it's like hey, that—that's weird, like, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> um, and and then it like delivers what it seemed to be pointing to anyway. It's just like that—that that one little thing of like you are not real is like kind of the that's almost, like the the one piece that's like what's well, weird. <laughs> I almost wish it wasn't that. I almost wish they were just like you seemed like the right guy. Like somehow we knew right the empty man. Like I think that would be, would have been better. Like yeah, this is find, find a different way to do it than yeah. like we we created you through thought. We're not yeah. really going to explain that. Just trust us, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like 
it's a cool surprise. Especially, like the first time I just accepted it and I was like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like my hair is blown back. Like, oh, cool. Good idea. Like this time I'm like, I don't know, man. I just wish he was just an actual person. Like, cause, cause it's, it's, um, it's like doing that thing I hate in stories where it's all just a dream. Well, like most of his life was all just a dream. That they right. Everything we watched wasn't most a real, of the movie. So. Yeah, most of the movie where he's hunting down this girl was total bullshit. So it's like, um, I don't know. Like it, it's, I have mixed feelings about that, but I still I really liked it on first watch and on second watch. There was still the things that like I really liked about it were still pretty strong. I thought. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it is certainly a, a um, interesting film to watch, uh, especially especially that first first run through. Like it's yeah, it's good stuff. Um, Where you landed on this one? Oh, uh, I think I'm gonna land at uh, seven seven out of uh, what are we? Yeah, we do ten, right? Seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is the initial. The first time I saw this, it was like a nine. And when I rewatched it, I'd say an eight. Yeah, that's fair. But, but the more I think about it, I'm like seven point five eight. I'm just, gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna say eight. I'm gonna leave it at eight. I, I, I really enjoy it. Like I, I think it's one of the more notable horror movies of the last few years, and I think it's a shame that Disney like clearly didn't know what to do with it. I hope it finds it has found an audience, but I hope if it keeps continues to find more of an audience, and I hope it gets a proper release, like something beyond. You know, yeah, it's it's so weird, like that that it. I thought when it was pulled off of of HBO Max that it would kind of pop over to Hulu or somewhere. Um, yeah, or yeah, and, that's where it should go. Yeah. It pro- it's and, probably and it's not there yet. It's probably in other countries. It's probably on Disney Plus because that's what they do. Yeah. Um, but uh, like even on like yeah, like on Amazon, it's like buy only. It just feels so buried, uh, and that's unfair to it. It deserves a good 4K release, like on disc and everything. Um. Anyways, let's take a break, and up next we'll be here to talk about John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. same dream. What is it? A secret that can no longer be kept. It started a month ago. What started? A change in the earth and the sky. His power. There's a weird locking mechanism. Looks like it can only be opened from the inside. A life form is growing out of prebiotic fluid. It's not winding down into disorder. It's self-organizing. It's becoming something. What?
John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Uh, it came out in October 23rd of 1987. I, I think the release date is interesting because, well, for one, Carpenter had like a 10 year run where he just made gold. Like everything was pretty great. And this is yeah. in that, this is in that, like when he was still like really on fire. Um, like a year later, almost like uh, November of 1988 is when uh, They Live came out. And, and for me, They Live is his last great movie. Like I know people like In the Mouth of Badness. Yeah, it's all right. Um, but th- that was kind of the end <laughs> for me. Uh, and this is one that, you know, I think I've tried to watch it as a kid and I didn't get it and I was bored. Um, but it's grown on me every time since. Uh, it had a budget of three million, made fourteen million at the box office. Um, it it has a sixty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, kind of a six point two out of ten IMDb. So respectable showing, I guess, for him. But it's another one. It's one of his ones that. At the time, was not respected, and it's gained respect since. Uh, not, not so like it's not like uh, the thing where that got trashed when it came out, and then now it's like the, one of the greatest horror films of all time. Um, yeah, this movie, and at the time, I think Carpenter was like really into like quantum physics and Italian horror and was the result of that like combining the nonsense of Italian horror with like this kind of scientific like um uh you know sci-fi story like super and supernatural that he thinking about he like just kind of mixes everything he was into at the time into this um and the the general premise is like Satan is in a fucking or yeah Satan right is in this like yes Prince of Darkness yeah the the yeah. anti god or whatever yes they explain that too he's like he's this green goo that's in the bottom of this church in I think L A um, you get this awesome carpenter theme the music um, and these super long credits that go on for like ten minutes Ever? yes. yes. And you know you're like getting introduced to characters. Like there's this uh, class full of these physicists, and their their professor is uh, Victor Wong. Yep. And you know he's talking about how there's there is an order to the universe, but it's not what we understand. And it's kind of like this cosmic horror idea. That you can't understand, like, we don't understand everything that there is to know about the universe. You got Donald Pleasance as this priest who he goes to that professor and asks him for help. This is all in this, like, again, this opening credits that just go on for fucking ever. I think that the a problem for this movie is that it's pretty slow going until it gets going you know what i mean and it's oh it takes forever to to kind of like what is happening yes like like, 
we have no footing like as we're going through these opening credits but even through like the first 30 minutes it's just like all right dude like what is this this is boring like you know it's like this these people setting up equipment in a church and like having these weird like conversations about science and it's just like you could just tell it's just like things that carpenter found interesting and some of the things that people say are interesting in, in much the same way that the empty man is, but um, yeah, so I guess there was like this thing called the Brotherhood of Sleep. Just, that's such a dumb name, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> they had the secret area of this church. I don't think that the church was aware of this. Um, and then, Ooh. yeah, there's a cylinder goo. There's a book with Latin writings that they're like you know, one of the students that they have is is translating for them. <laughs> There's this awesome scene of Pleasance like yelling at Wong about uh <laughs> about this like about he's like he, he lives in the smallest parts of of it in the atoms and then the sum of it too, you know, and and he's telling Wong that he has to prove what Pleasance knows. Like he's like, you have to prove it scientifically. And this whole scene like reminds me of like when Donald Fuzz is talking about Michael in Halloween, where he's like, yeah. he had the blackest eyes. <laughs> just like exactly the same kind of thing. These these two, Donald Pleasance and Victor Wong in this are just like off the rails having a blast, man. <laughs> they're, they're they're having fun with it. Uh I love Wong's reaction to <laughs> Pleasance is telling him he's like, people don't want to hear this bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just like perfect because like yes yeah we don't want to hear this bullshit yeah, like, it's so dumb get on with it already um there's these homeless people that are hanging around the church um one of them was played by alice cooper and being drawn to it weirdly yeah like they're like they're like mesmerized kind of like the people in the empty man they're like mesmerized yeah um, uh, they take me out of it a little bit, like especially Alice Cooper being there. I think you liked, like you welcomed. They're like, ah, cool, Alice Cooper. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, oh, like you know, he probably probably met Alice Cooper and they, yep. they became friends or whatever. And it was like, yep. oh, I got, I got a role for you in, in this film. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, when he shows up, it's like, it's like, is that? fucking alice cooper it's like it is alice cooper it's like he's so distinct looking yeah but well that's the thing it like takes me out of it because it's him it's like if if marilyn manson or someone showed up you're just like okay yeah i know that person like and i don't buy that they're this because like i know who they are like yeah i don't buy that they're this nobody person um, I kind of agree with you on the the homeless people though or or the the vagrants that are that are forming outside and becoming sort of like zombified um outside the church like i don't think that they're necessary like they don't add, the, the, what they are is because there's no sort of menace in the first half of this movie so like yeah. they you have to have these guys there kind of threatening you know that's kind of a flaw in the movie and then like i do, they just don't look real to me they look like actors dressed up as bums like yeah. like I, I don't know how else to explain that but like it just doesn't they're not my favorite thing about the movie it's like 30 minutes before the students are even shown the goo um 
And the whole first 30 minutes, like, the theme is awesome, like, the theme music, but, like, it, it's just playing the same theme. There's, like, no variation to it for a while. Like, it, after that, it does... Um, the music changes up a little bit, and it heightens as, as we get to, like... Once this thing gets going, I think it's a lot of fun. And, and, yeah. and, and, like, and like, the music gets louder and louder and louder, especially... I was watching this on um, on the Scream Factory 4K disc of it, and um, I don't think that it's an amazing 4K presentation, but the audio is. Like, they did a new Dolby Atmos mix, which I can't really take advantage of, but dear lord, like, it was vibrating my fucking living room when it got going. Um, it gets loud. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the homeless people do, uh, corner one of the, like the students as he's leaving and they stab him with a bike. bike. Alice Cooper kills the kid with a bike. It is absurd. Yeah. Um, I I guess at the end they do kind of block everybody in like they're, the the scientists won't leave because they're, they're surrounded by these people being drawn to it. The um, I guess we find out that the cylinder was buried in the Middle East by the father of Satan, trying to like bury his son. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Uh, and as the movie is going on, that like the cylinder is like I guess had some sort of leak, and it was unloading the goo onto the ceiling there. Like all the glue is like the the green goo is like sticking on the ceiling. It shoots at one of the students. I think goes like in her mouth. Yeah, uh, and now she she like is possessed by Satan. She snaps some guy's necks. Some guy's neck. Um, she keeps like infecting more people. With, with yeah, them. she'll like spit the goo and out of her mouth into other people's mouths. Yeah, yeah, it looks cool. It's uh, you know, it's kind of like a zombie type thing. Like they're yeah, they're all getting like infected by Satan, but it functions like that. Like you know what I mean? Like one person gets infected, they start turning everyone else. You know? Yeah. Um, I have a, one random line I liked that I thought was cool. I don't know where it fits in, but Donald Pleasant says, "Only the corrupt are listened to now, and they tell us what we want to hear." That line seems relevant to today. <laughs> um, yeah, very. Lots of science nonsense talk, particles, antimatter, anti God. Um, there is a part where, like outside of the church, the the possessed girl she watches one of the bums, like stab somebody with scissors, and it's shot just like a giallo film. So there's your like Italian. Yeah. Well, the whole movie is Italian influenced, and in, in that like you've seen some of like the crazy Italian shit, where it's just like I don't understand what the plot of that was. Yeah. Um, but this scene where the person's getting stabbed with the scissors feels very much like a giallo, like a lot of the uh, Dario Argento stuff, where it's uh, you know the person's wearing gloves, just the way it looks, the way the color of the blood looks, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite part of the movie is one of the students is dreaming, uh, and you get this weird. It's like a broadcast. It's, it's like this is not a dream. We are using your brain's electrical system as a receiver. 
we are transiting from the year one nine nine, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then you see like this creepy figure standing in the doorway. I think you could kind of see why I associate this movie in my head with the Empty Man. It's like that same idea, like you know, your thoughts are not your own. Someone's yeah, they they go into explain that like you know the oh like everyone's having the same dream and um, it's all shared. Like once you see the dream, you're kind of locked in and. And I think the brother of sleep was like into this shit because like it's a warning from the future that someone yeah. is broadcasting to them. But uh, then you know once it gets going, the shit goes off the rails. And I think like again, like this time I had more fun with it than the last time I saw it, like a year or two ago. And I think I think it does get like really fun. It's like crazy shit, like the people spitting goo into each other's faces. Um, you find this one girl sitting at a computer typing, I live, I live, I live, over and over, like, um, what else did she type, like, something like, you will not be saved by the Holy Ghost, you will not be saved by the God Plutonium, I, I don't even know what that means. In fact, you will not be saved! <laughs> like, I, I thought that was really, <laughs> really cool. Um, uh, there's a part where, like, another part where there's a guy outside, I think, and he says, I got a message for you. I think it was one of the students too, but he's like standing outside. And he's like, I got a message for you and you're not going to like it. Pray for death. And then he like collapses into bugs, <laughs> like some Halloween yeah. three shit. <laughs> awesome shot of a girl like with goo just flying out of her eyes and her, and her mouth. Uh, and as I said, like all the possessed people are just kind of acting creepy as shit, like basically like zombies and coming after the non-possessed people. There's one possessed, the, the, I think the main one, like in the bed, um, she kind of be, still remains like the main possessed one as it goes on. Uh, and she starts to look like um, like pregnant. Yeah. Near, near the end. She, and, and she starts like changing, like she's got like sores all over her face. And I think that's like, we're kind of approaching the end when that happens. Like she, she wakes up. And she like looks at the Asian dude who is trapped in this closet and she moves something with her mind and scares him and, and laughs at him. And that's when he goes apeshit. And I thought this part was really funny. Like, I mean, it's, it's scary, but it's also funny. He's like trapped in this closet. These people are, are on the other side of the wall trying to like break through to him. And he's just like, get me the fuck out of here. She's going to fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> And we get like a big showdown with her, and Pleasance chops her arm off. She just grows another one. He got he chops her head off, and she just puts it back on. That's great. Like she just yeah. picks it up and like reattaches it. <laughs> um, she she starts like reaching through this mirror that is like, oh, it's going to the other side. She's calling for her father, so like the father of Satan. Yeah, she's tr- she's trying to pull pull Satan into this realm. Yeah, and in this whole part, the score is just going crazy. It's super loud and it's awesome. Like it's cool. It's like not my favorite John Carpenter score. I would put Christine and Halloween three and Halloween one over it, but it's cool. It's pretty cool. Um. 
but one of the, one of the other students like pushes her through the mirror the other way, like sends her flying into it. And this is like the solution of how they're gonna beat this thing. They push her into it, and then Donald Pleasance breaks the mirror with the axe, and that's kind of like how we defeated. We sent Satan back to the other side. Yeah, um, and all is safe, but we get that awesome dream again. And uh, kind of like one of the main dudes, the dude with the mustache, he wakes up. We get a little jump scare of like him seeing a scary girl like ne- like next to him in bed, but you know it was kind of a, a dream. And then he wakes up and he gets out of bed and he stares in the mirror and he starts reaching towards the mirror. And the final shot is just his hand reaching towards the mirror, and just before it touches, it cuts the black. And I think that's a really cool final shot. Like I, I like, you know, I like the the ambiguous ending, and I love I like the endings that end right as something is about to happen, and that's what we get here. Like I don't know what you thought of that, but yeah, I, I, think, I think it, I think it works pretty well. It's like uh, kind of saying like you know the evil evil always finds a way out, and like uh, we're we're not gonna like this was our story, but you know there's there's yeah. more here. Like use your imagination. Fill it in, yeah. Fill it in, yeah. Um. What do you think of Prince of Darkness? Have you seen it before? And what do you what do you I, think of it? I have seen it before. Um, I'd forgotten some of it. What I did remember was the green goo. Okay. Um, and so like I think I mixed it up with like some other films. But yeah, as as I watch it, it, it definitely started coming back. Uh, I like it. I, I like Donald Pleasance and, and Victor Wong here. I think they're they're quite enjoyable to watch. Um some of the like uh, special effects and 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 body horror in the last half is really well done. Um, I think it's like completely goofy that that they start defining God as like this extraterrestrial being, um, and that that like Satan is is from like another realm. Uh, it's so goofy. It's like that that like. The church doesn't want you to know this, uh, which is why it's it's kept secret. It's like because if you do, you would, would like blow your mind or something. Like, the fact that Donald Pleasance is like, of course they don't want you to know. Yeah, all I just smell lies. Another good part. Yeah, uh, it's so so very amusing on on that level. Like <laughs> I I, th- I think that like adding this like weird scientific. Um, you know, line to Christian mythology is is quite interesting because, like, <laughs> um, they, they talk about how uh, out of that book, like Jesus was was executed for trying to warn people about <laughs> that, <laughs> that Satan was like trapped in this thing. It's so crazy. Um, I, and I think once, as you said, once it gets going, it's a ton of fun. I, I had I had a great great time with it it does kind of become a zombie movie like at one point yeah. Yeah. Um, i'm kind of a fan of that so uh yeah i think it really really does work uh great music you know fun visuals fun story for the most part it's a, it's a good time what's your rating there uh i'm at uh six out of ten i mean there, it, it 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 feels a little dated yeah. Now, I agree. Um, I agree with but, you. But uh, but it, it's it's still fun. Like, yeah. 
I agree with you. It feels dated for sure. And I think my main problem with it is like it has interesting ideas, but it does not move early on. Like it's really yeah. slow starting off. And like you you had to find a way to make it feel lively and modern and not like just, just the slog early on. And maybe it didn't feel that way as much as when it came out, but it sure does now. Anything could have like improved that too, just giving us like a glimpse of something what we're dealing with. Like, because yeah. we don't really know until about 30, 40 minutes in, kind of what, what we're looking at here as a whole. Because they, that's a, you know, go ahead. If they gave us anything to kind of give us a latch, I think yeah, I, 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 I agree. It's a big ask of an audience to have them going, what is going on for like 30 minutes? Like, and not like what is going on in a good way, more like, all right, dude, like, what is this? Like, what's like, what is, you know, there's a bunch of people yeah, setting up equipment for 30 minutes, like, and, and having these. And they're, and I, no, they're questioning too, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, and like, I do appreciate the, the science nonsense talk and, and, but you had to like spread that out in between things that are happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you had yeah. to like move, have some movement in the in the first half of this, and doesn't. Like I think that I like the movie every, more every time I see it. I like the score a lot. Like you said, some awesome effects once it gets going, and once it gets going, it's wild and very fun. But it's you have to like sit through a pretty like. This is one where it's like. If I would show this to my wife, she's like kind of checked out by the time it before it's already going. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, so I, I think that's a flaw of it. And as much as I like, have really come to appreciate this movie, and it would maybe be top five Carpenter. It would maybe come in at like number five. You know what I mean? Right. It it, it still I think suffers from that flaw. Um, it's interesting. It's a lot of fun when it gets going, but there's things I don't like about it, and it's slow starting off. So, uh, it actually moved up for me before I, I um, rewatched it this time. I would have said it's six out of ten. I'm okay. giving it a full seven. I really liked it, um, but I think it's clear that you and I both rated the Empty Man higher. Yes, which is. <laughs> It feels <laughs> crazy to me to bring John Carpenter on this podcast for the first time and have him get beat by a newcomer, but uh, thumbs the brakes. Um, I did that online poll. It definitely went the other other direction. 83% for Prince of Darkness, 17% for The Empty Man. But I, I also think that The Empty Man is still finding its audience. Uh, and I think that these movies both do similar and different things, like, you know, the, the empty man doesn't go crazy and it doesn't have like cool like goopy effects and shit you know what i mean like there's just different types of fun to be added in them but they're both movies about like weird ideas and not being able to understand the universe i just think that the empty man is a more enjo- enjoyable ride for modern audiences and uh, that's how, how i have to kind of view it because i was not a fan of this as a kid prince of darkness so, um, as much as I've come to enjoy Prince of Darkness, I'm giving the nod to a newcomer here. And I think David Pryor is somebody to watch. Yeah. I think, I think people should check out his episode of 
of Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, I can't wait to see what he does next. I hope it gets a better release. And I'm giving, and we're giving the Empty Man the crown here. The wins this month. It took down the the Master of Horror. Chris, what are we watching next month? All right. Well, since our because uh, of the way we we schedule these, uh, Christmas will be passed by the time we hit our January episode. So we're going to do a Christmas duo here. Um, and uh, we're going to go uh, with a a film and then a remake of that. Uh, and these are two films I've never seen. I don't, don't know if you have, but Silent Night, Deadly Night, 1984, and then the remake in 2012 called Silent Night. I've seen Silent. You never see a Silent Night, Deadly Night? No. Wow. So I'm, interested, I'm interested <laughs> to see this because evidently it's like a, it got like five sequels or something like that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then what's the, I didn't know there was a remake. What's it called? Yeah. Silent Night. Um, okay. Is, is the remake. It stars Jamie King and Malcolm McDowell. Um, I'm sure that's a nightmare of a film. <laughs> uh, I had never heard of it, so maybe. Um... I, I'm happy that you're continuing the the um, Christmas theme. I, I plan to do it every year for December as well. I, like we've done the biggies, like we did. We did what was it? Uh, was it last year? We did um, all of the Black Christmases. Two two years ago. Oh, two years ago. Yep, yep. And then we did Jack Frost oh, yeah. and uh, what did we pair with Jack Frost. Uh, Christmas Evil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really love both those movies, but I also I really like one of my favorite episodes we ever did was doing all the black Black Christmases because I got to see them all finally, and I actually liked the the original and I liked the first remake. I didn't like the the new remake of the it. One, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like. I hope that we could continue to <laughs> find. I don't know what cap- star, yeah. I think like there is a lot. But I just feel like you know we've tapped on some of the big ones now, and now we're going to tap on one of the biggest ones. Very controversial. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, for no reason, just because it was Santa with an axe on the cover. Um, yeah, I'm surprised you've never seen it though. I really, it's very, it's a very early early '80s slasher. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm kind of in the mood for for one of them after after Halloween ends. So. <laughs> But yeah, as for the remake, I have never heard anything about it, so I'm going in as a blank slate. There's definitely a second remake supposedly coming this year. I can't find any information on when that's coming. Yeah. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go with this one that I know exists. Uh, I do think that uh, at some point, you know, you don't you don't have to do it for the next, time, you know. But I think at some point you should check out Silent Night Deadly Night Two. And Silent Night, Deadly Night Four. They're both pretty wild. Um, All right. I, I, mean, have, I, I have some familiarity. I have some familiarity with the series. <laughs> I, I, I'm not like like if you ask me to describe the. I think I could describe the basic basic plot of Silent Night, Deadly Night, but like it's fuzzy. You know what I mean? So uh, this will be fun. I'm interested to see what you think of this fucking series, and I'm interested to check out this remake I've never heard of. So. Yep, it's me too. Uh, so. so yeah, we'll be back for our big Christmas episode next month. 
All right. Thanks for listening and bye. Good night.